Guys, if you got your Bibles, I'm going to ask you to open up to uh, the book of Philippians chapter 2. Uh, Philippians chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, we've got them in the pew rack in front of you. You can also use your phone or your tablet, uh, whatever uh, is the best method for you guys. We're going to be in Philippians chapter 2, and we're continuing our series uh, on biblical church membership. Say that on purpose, on biblical church membership. Now, you'll notice the title of the series is not I Am a Church Member. We have thought about church membership in that light for too long, uh, as if it's something that, that I am. I've, I've got my name on the roll. I am good. Uh, but the Bible, when it talks about church membership, it's not about something I am. It's usually about something I'm doing. And so uh, instead, we wanted to intentionally title this series, I Will Be a Church Member. I will be a biblically functioning church member. And so along the way, as we teach what that looks like, we're asking you guys to make commitments. Uh, This week is our third commitment, and we'll get there in a second. But uh, our hope and our prayer is is that we would see somebody ask me last week, who is this for? Right? Are we doing this series just for new people that haven't joined the church? And my response was no. I mean, it is definitely for those people. If you're here and you've been looking for a church home, we pray that we are that church home, okay? So it is for you if you're visiting. But I also want to say this, this is for the people that have been members here for 60 years, right? We've got to move from this mentality that I am, I've got my name on the list, I've done it, I've accomplished it, to understanding that God's intention for members of his body is that they would always be functioning in the roles that he has for them. And I want to tell you, your role changes throughout the years, right? I mean, at some point, uh, some of you guys were the legs that, that ran the church, and you kept the church going, and you've gotten a little older, you say, I, don't, I, I, don't, I can't do that anymore, and you say, okay, well, then, then we, we got to move, and maybe you're going to be an elbow right now, maybe you're going to be, be, be a finger, you know, I, I hope you're not the baby toe, that's what I, I, I say I am, I slam into things constantly, I, I hope that I, I, I injure myself so that you don't have to, um, that, that's, I feel like that's my function in the body, is to be the toe that gets hit in the middle of the night on the, on the table that your children moved. Uh, thank you, children. So, um, but guys, that, that's our hope. And so this morning, we're going to be in the book of Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read the first eight verses. Before we do, I'd like to pray with you. So Father, um, come before you this morning. And God, we just humbly ask that you would um, do an amazing thing here in our midst. Because God, the truth is that the majority of people um, in your church globally have kind of bought into this thought that church membership is is something that's done. It's a noun. And the truth is, God, as we study your word, it's it's really never a noun. It's always a verb. It's always something that has to constantly be done, right? And so, Lord, our hope, our prayer this morning is that you would awaken us um, Lord, we, we invite you in. By the power of your spirit, we ask that you would just, just come and seek out um, every crack and crevice of our mind and our heart. And if there is any wrong thought that we have brought to the table um, in regards to membership or belonging to your body, we pray that you would bring it to light and that you would lovingly, um, just, just lovingly, that you would cut it out and that you would replace it, that you would graft in your truth. And Father, we pray that un- unlike you know, what you might think that process is like, that, that it, this might be joyous for us, that it might be something that we're grateful for. And so Holy Spirit, we ask now you come and take your place as our teacher and our guide. We pray that you would exalt Jesus Christ in our presence and that as he is lifted up, he will draw us closer to himself, that we might be transformed into his image. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 
All right, Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse 1, we'll read the first eight verses. And the Apostle Paul writes, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, make my joy complete by thinking the same way, having the same love, united in spirit, intent on one purpose, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Uh, Three things I want to share with you this morning. And I told the staff uh, before we met, this might be the shortest sermon I've preached this morning. It's very simple, um, but just profoundly true. And so the first thing I, I want you to know, and you're going to see this and go, I don't need to write this down, I know this, uh, but it, it's really uh, an important thing we remind ourselves of, is that Jesus Christ is the model for every church member, right? Jesus Christ is, is the model for every church member. I don't want you to miss what Paul is saying to the believers, to the members of the, the church in um, Philippi. So Paul writes this church Um, The church is made up of members. He writes them and he says, hey, I don't want you guys to miss this. And and, and so here's here's what he says. Verse 5, right? Verse 5, adopt the same attitude of Christ Jesus. That that is his his will for the church. He's like, you guys, he's saying, you you all need to be like Jesus, right? That's the point. That's the point of, of your existence. When you gather together, you need to remind each other that the whole point of all of this is to be like Christ, right? You need to have, have the mind of Jesus. You need to have the heart of Jesus. You need to be the hands of Jesus, right? We, we need to think like Jesus and act like Jesus and treat others the, the way that Jesus has, has treated us. And, and, and this is the heart of, of Paul's message. And it sounds so simplistic, Right? Like that when we would gather, the point of our gathering would be the purpose of reminding people that, that if, if we are Christians, that's little Christ, that means that we're following in the footsteps of Jesus. It means that we're following Jesus, that he's our example. But church, I want to tell you today that as, as simple as that message is, I think we've gotten so caught up in all the other things that we forget, right? We want to argue about theology. We want to argue about when the end times are going to be. We want to argue about, well, you name it, the color of the carpet, right? I, I got an email this week said, by the way, pastor, I like the color of the carpet. I said, it's just one of my go-tos, okay? okay? I also got one said, I don't love it. And I was like, okay. They were, they were also joking. The, the, the point of, guys, when we show up here, is, is this simple reminder that when we come, we're reminded that our goal in life is to imitate Christ. And, and if, if you don't want to believe Paul, then just listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus in John chapter 13 is going to eat one final meal with his disciples. Now, now disciples, I like to, to kind of uh, define that in my own terms, his closest followers. 
right? So Jesus had followers. The 12 disciples were his closest followers and friends. And so he's going to eat with them in John chapter 13. He's going to share the last meal. We know, we know he gets up from that meal. He takes off his outer garment and he wraps it around his waist. He gets down on his hands and his feet and he washes their feet, right? We, we studied this when we, we did our, our series, This Is My Story. We talked about Peter's interaction with Jesus. Well, well Jesus then explains why he does such a thing at the, the last meal together. And this is, is what he says. He says, so if I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. Ready? Here's the reasoning. For I have given you a what? An example. I have given you an example that you should also uh, do just as I have done for you. And what Jesus is saying is, is, listen, guys, I want you to do what I do. I want you to follow me. I want you to really follow me. And guys, I know in our culture, this, this first point just seems so simple, right? That Jesus is our model. But I'm telling you, I, I think the church needs to be reminded of this. Go on Facebook and listen to what Christians talk about. Just, just do it. I dare you. I dare you. And I think somewhere along the way, we, we, we just, we got to look in the mirror and, and figure out, we don't look like Jesus anymore, right? We, we don't talk like Jesus anymore. We definitely don't love like Jesus anymore. And the point of Christianity is to be little Christ, is to be little ones that are walking in the footsteps of King Jesus. So I just want to remind you this morning, we're going to start here kind of on this level. My goal is always in, through this whole series, I just want to, we want to start here and then we're going to get down to our application. So Jesus is our model for ministry. Now, having said that, well, what did Jesus do? All right, that's our second point. Jesus came to serve not to be served. Okay? Jesus came to serve, not to be served. So Jesus is our model, right? And what did he do? He came to serve, not to be served. I'm going to reread Philippians 2, 1 through 8. I thought about this, I prayed about this. I was like, we need to get this down. There's a lot of truth in these eight verses. And so we're going to reread it because I want it to sink in. I want, I, want, I want the whole context to sink in. It says, if then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, Paul writes, make my joy complete by, by thinking the same way, by having the same love, being united in spirit, intent on one purpose. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be exploited. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. I want you to notice verse 7. Instead, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. Listen, the theme of, of Christ's servanthood is found throughout. I mean, the, the pages of the New Testament bleed that truth. Do you know the word servant is used 57 times in the New Testament? It's 57 times. The word serve is used 58. Okay? 
The New Testament is dripping with this theme of, of servanthood, that Jesus Christ came to serve, right? He came to serve. And, and, and remember, he's our example. This is, this is what Jesus, our example, came to do. Matthew chapter 20, verse 28, Christ himself said it this way, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He says, I, I came, that speaks of his purpose, Jesus, my purpose is to serve. That is why I am here. And of course, the point I'm making is this. If Jesus is our example, if he is our model, and he came to serve, then that must be why we're here too. Okay? That must be why we're here too. Now listen, some of you have done the church thing quite a bit. Right? Some of you have looked, and you've tried, and you've been to a hundred different ones, and you like to do, we call it in American church culture, we call it church shopping. And you've shopped and you've shopped and you've shopped and you're worn out and you're weary and the truth is you're unhappy and I want to tell you why. I'm just going to free you up. Ready? You were unhappy because you were looking for what people can do for you. Okay? Listen, I'm going to tell you this as somebody that's battled through depression in the last two years. When you turn inward, and, and listen, there are, there are seasons we have to. Seasons we got to focus on what's going on and some thought. But I'm, I'm going to tell you, once you begin to get those things taken care of, there's an enemy who is real, who hates you, who wants to kill and destroy and rob you of all your joy. And he wants you to stay focused inward. And I'm not just talking to people that have battled with depression. I'm talking to people that have been in churches for years and they have this inward focus. They walk through a door to a gathering place of saints that have been purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. And the one question they ask is, what can you do for me? And if that's you, I'm just going to tell you, you're not going to find a church. You won't find one that, that is going to do everything you want. You'll find one that might, might, might seem to, oh man, it hits every spot for me. Yeah, this month. It does, right? And so friends, what I'm saying to you is the key to finding and, and finally being content in your church. And, and hear me, if that's you, listen, I'm not telling you it has to be here. You don't have to stop looking, right? Keep looking if you're looking, Okay? But what I'm going to tell you is you will never find contentment when you're worried about what you are going to get out of it. When you find contentment is when you figure out what you can put into it. Okay? What you can put into it. Jesus said, just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many, that was his purpose. Our purpose, too, should be to serve others, which brings me to our last point. Okay? So Jesus is... Our model, it's a model for every church member. Jesus came to serve. And so because of those first two points, here's our last one, okay? Because Christ is our example, okay? Because he's our model, we, we, must, we must model humility and we must put others' needs above our own, okay? Because of that, because Jesus is our model, because he came to serve, then we must, we must live out, walk out humility, and we must put others' needs above ourselves. When it comes specifically, I'm speaking to the church. And I want you to look at Paul's plea again. I'm going to put verse 3 and 4 on the screen. He says this. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. But in humility, consider others as more important than ourselves. 
everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit. I want to break that down for you this morning. That, that phrase, selfish ambition, uh, defined literally means a desire to put oneself forward. A desire to put, put yourself forward, right? It actually comes from a Greek term that's not involved, uh, or not meant to be involved with, with any kind of religious practice. It comes from a, a secular term uh, involving government or politicking, okay? Politicking, that, that's kind of, if you want to get down to the, to the heart of it, it speaks of partisanship. It, it literally uh, means that you are campaigning for what you want, and, and Paul, writing to the church, ready? He says, there, there can't be an ounce of this in your fellowship, okay? Like, we don't do that stuff in here, okay? So, so you don't come to the church and start a campaign amongst the people about what you want because you're not the audience God is, right? Yeah, I just want you to follow this thinking. It's like, like, your example, Paul says, is Christ. Right? That's the one you look to. We'll get to that in a second, okay? But, but he's in your example is Christ. So, so listen, you can't be like the world. You can't bring that mindset. You can't bring those ways into the ecclesia, into the assembly, into the people of God. So when you show up, you can't show up trying to put yourself forward, trying to say, well, this is what I want, trying to start some grassroots campaign. Oh, we need more of this. Don't you agree? Don't you agree? Don't you agree? And Paul says, man, there is no place for that in the body of Christ. The church isn't about campaigning for what you want. Now, that's, that's where he starts. He says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. But then he goes on. He says, also do nothing out of conceit. Uh, the NIV uses the term, I think, I think better, it says vain conceit. The word in Greek is vain glory. Don't do anything in, in vain glory. Don't do anything out of, out of empty pride is how it translates. Again, it's, it, it comes from an exalted view of self where everything is about you. You guys remember the song, right? You're so vain. You probably think the song is about you. <laughs> yeah, sing it, Chris. What's the church version of that? You're so vain, you probably thought the worship set was about you. You're so vain, you probably thought the ministry structure was about you. You're so vain, you probably thought the way that we structure the budget was about you. You follow me? Like, like, Paul says, that's not how the church functions. U ultimately, what, what, he, what he's saying is, 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 listen, guys, the church is about Jesus Christ. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's about what he wants. It's not about what, what we want. So uh, many years ago when I, when I came, it's been a long time now. Guys, we've been here nine years. We, we kind of walked through Philippians 2. And one of the things I said is like, hey, as, as a church, we need to structure our worship services with two things in mind, and you're not going to like the second. Because number one, our worship service has to honor Christ. And everybody's okay with that. And I said, and here's the second, ready? Second is most important next thing, other people, not us. It's got to be attractive. It's got to be about reaching other people, which means, wait a second, wait, 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 where am I in that? Wait, where, where are my preferences? My responses, well, read Philippians 2, there's your preferences. They're back there. 
right? Because I, I die to those because Christ died for me, okay? And so we, we begin to get this, this picture of what a church says. And so, so listen, he, he says, listen, do nothing out of selfish ambition. Do nothing out of, out of vain conceit, out of an exalted view of self where you, you think that it's all about you. He says, instead, ready, instead, in humility, because of Christ's example, in humility, he says, look not only to our own interests, but to the interests of others. Now, of course, the word humility means to take the low place. Means to take the low place, right? So when you walk into the room, uh, you know I know our younger generation. I don't think they know that. Uh, have you have you been to Thanksgiving before when the family's all gathered and one of the little kids sits at the head of the table, and you go, "Okay, brother, that's fine," but you get to pray and carve the turkey, okay? Right. Just one of those, I've got teenagers now, and so we'll be going somewhere, and I'll say, go start the car, and they start the car, and I walk out with my wife, and one of the teenagers is in the passenger seat, and I think, you've kind of misunderstood your place. That's, that's, that's where my bride sits, all right? Get your butt in the back. That's how it works, right? And then, of course, he then tries to move all the other kids. Well, you get out of my seat, then. Well, you should have known better. You get in the back. Instead, in humility, that means take the lower place. And then Jesus said, or, or then uh, Paul says, following Jesus' example, you need to consider others, other interests uh, instead of just your own. Now, now listen, some people trying to hang on to just a bit, a bit of vainglory, I believe. Just a little bit of it. I've tried to interpret this passage, and I'm looking at Philippians 2, 4. He says, everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Some people just trying to hang on to a shred of vainglory have said, okay, well, cool, I can do that, and this is how they interpret it. So therefore, I need to be 50% about my interests and 50% about the interests of others. And you could almost get away with that interpretation if you didn't read the passage in context. Because immediately after that, and he says, and here's our example, his name is Jesus. And though he was God, he did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, so he made himself nothing, taking on the form of a servant. And he humbled himself to the point of death. So if, if you're looking for that slim of, of, of hanging on to a little sliver of vainglory, I'm going to tell you contextually, it's just not there. It's just not there. Now listen, does that mean thought about this this week. Does that mean if I am, I'm truly, I'm, I'm just supposed to be out serving others. Does that mean that I can never be served by anyone else? Right? Because we have a tendency to be hyper about things. We're going to pick up this, oh, I've got to serve. And so you think, well, I can never rest. I can never have Sabbath. I can never let anyone else serve me. And again, I'm just going to say, who's the example? Who's our model? Jesus. Did, did Jesus allow people to love him? Absolutely. Did, did Jesus allow people to serve him? Absolutely. Think about Martha, right? I mean, I, I think Jesus would come to the home of Mary and Martha often. I mean, I mean it's in, in the text. He, he, would, he would come often, and, and often they, they, they would take care of, of his physical needs. Now, now, now listen, but the point of it is, yes, but that wasn't his purpose, His focus, even though Martha, he allowed Martha to serve him, but his focus was always on the greater cause of what he was doing ultimately for her. That's got to be our mindset, folks. Listen, don't don't take this up to the hyper level where where somebody tries to help you out in your life and you go, no, 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 I'm going to help you. And you are weary and and desperate and you're you're about to lose it, right? Let somebody step up. You have to learn this the hard way. 
Anybody else in the room struggle with accepting help? Okay, listen, we're here to serve one another. Working as God has uniquely gifted us, each using our unique gift to make this body function properly. But there are going to be times that I stub my toe and I need you to put a Band-Aid on it. You follow me? There's going to be times that you're going to need that. The point is, though, my focus is always on what I can do for the body. And there are going to be times that I'm going to, I'm going to need some help. So how, how, what do we do with that? I want to break that down for you. And uh, like I said, I think we're going to finish a little early. So I'm going to give you some, some application this morning. Number one, uh, I think the biggest part, if Jesus is our model, we just need to start acting like him. We just got to start acting like Jesus. Chris, would you grab me a bulletin? Please, sir, I'm going to need that in a second. Um, we just need to make sure that we start acting like Christ. Jesus Christ is our model, okay? And so I, I just say this, like, this, 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 by the way, we could show up every Sunday and preach this point. I thought about that. Like, how far-reaching is that? I mean, you guys remember the 90s, the WWJD bracelets, right? I mean, we got to bring those back. Because the point of the whole thing was literally that we should always be thinking about what Jesus did. Well, what did Jesus do? He's my model. What did he do? What would he do? How would he love this person? Right? How can I love this person like Jesus loved this person? That's, that's what I want to do. Okay? So, so this, is, this is kind of the core of it all. And so I want to say that to you lovingly this morning. Have you forgotten, perhaps, that the whole purpose for us being here is to follow in the footsteps of Jesus Christ? Have you gotten caught up on one of those side issues? Have you been thinking of, you know, in, in, in a different light where you just forgot that the whole message is really follow Jesus? right? Follow Jesus. Paul at one point is bold. He says, follow me. But then he says, as I follow Jesus, right? I'm, I'm, we're all walking in the footsteps of Christ. I just want to remind you of that lovingly. Like Jesus is our model. Okay. Secondly, I would say this to you uh, this week. I, I really want to challenge you to stop putting yourself forward. Okay. Stop putting yourself forward. Um, it, it, it's, I, I love you, but it's ugly. Um, it just is. It, it's, it's, it's not an attractive character trait. Uh, the Bible says that, that if, if, we'll, if we'll humble ourselves, that the Lord will exalt us. The Lord will exalt us, okay? And so we, we need to be those kind of people. So when it comes to church life, when it comes to, to preferences, I, I, just, I really want to encourage you, just know around here, we're constantly trying to pray about, well, God, what honors you and what reaches the lost, like, that's our focus. So because that's our focus, God, what honors you and what reaches the lost, at some point, you're going to go, well, what about me? Well, I don't know that we're doing everything that I like. And I'm going to say, I, 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 don't, I don't know that we're doing everything that I like. Right? And that's, that's kind of part of the program. I mean, our call is to reach the unchurched people in Elgin, Texas. And I'm going to tell you, folks, there's plenty of them. There's plenty of them. And so part of the way we reach them, by the way, is, is, is our programming. The other part is our people. Our people have to stop being me-focused. They start have to have to be other-focused. I, I care about others. I'm going to take the time to invest in others. I'm going to stop and talk to others. I'm going to care about others' opinions and other people's wants. It's, I'm not going to put myself forward anymore. I'm going to try to take the lower seat, Okay. Friends, anybody hearing this a little bit and you're going, I don't know that I want to do that. You don't have to raise your hands. I'm not calling you out. You're like, I don't want to do Like, And here's why. It is completely countercultural. This isn't what we're taught, right? What what did your parents teach you? 
I mean, now, now some of you had good parents, okay? But man, my dad was like, man, you got to look out for number one. That was like the rule of business, right? You look out for number one, try not to step in number two. That was the way we operate. And yet the Bible says, listen, the only sense that that's true is that you look out for number one, right? Look out for number one. That's it. And so so we're going to model Christ's behavior. And one of the ways we do that is that we choose to stop putting ourselves forward. We choose to stop putting, listen, I, I love you guys. We've got so many different ministries in the church. We do. We have a lot of great ministries. We've got, every, I mean, man, if you like to quilt, you can quilt. I mean, you, you, like, you like to talk. There's a place for you to sit safely and talk. Uh, you know, we've got somebody about to start a grief share ministry. You've got grief and you're working. We have, we have a million different things. Um, and, and one of the things I get to do as pastor is tell all the people, listen, I love you. That's great. But I can't necessarily put that in the bulletin this week. Right? I can't necessarily, and, and, and kind of what I'm saying is, is I love you. Even the good things of God, like, like trust us, let us know that you need to let others, we're going we're gonna to get there, okay? But, but, but we're, we're not going to put ourselves forward, okay? We're, we're, we're going to make sure that's a big part of what we're doing. Okay, number three, last thing. Uh, we need to put others' needs first. We need to put others' needs first. And uh, I'm just going to tell you, this is tough, tough, tough. Most of us want to interpret that passage and say, well, I want to, I want to serve my own needs and then do something for somebody else. And the truth is, no, I've got to go a step beyond that. Like Christ, who's my example, I actually have to put other people's needs above my own. I have to humble myself and let God exalt me. And so here's our third commitment, guys. It's on the back of the sermon notes. Um, we, want to, we want to go over that with you. This is what we're asking you to make. If you're going to be here, you're going to be an active member. This is what we're hoping you'll commit to. And uh, it goes like this. It says, commitment number three. I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. Whew. It's a big statement, isn't it? I will not let my church be about my preferences and my desires. I will not let my church be about my preferences and desires. That is self-serving. I am a member in this church to serve others and to serve Christ. Okay? Listen to this next part. My Savior went to a cross for me. Okay, my Savior went to a cross for me. I can deal with any inconveniences and matters that just aren't my preference or style. You got it? Okay, that is the commitment we're asking you guys to make this week. That's the third commitment. And by the way, people say, why are we doing this series? This is going to be part of our membership class and when people come to join our church, this is what we're, we're saying, hey, this is what we're going to be about. These are the kind of people we're going to be. We're asking you to make a commitment. And, and we say that lovingly going, guys, there's 52 other churches in Elgin. And, 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 and God, God bless them. I, I, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, if you're here in your church shopping, when you go to that church, you need to have this same mindset. You do. Because otherwise you'll show up and you won't be happy there either. Because you're focused inward instead of outward. And so we need to be about that. And so this morning, uh, I'm going to pray for us. As I pray for us, Jacob's just going to slip into the piano just for a second and play. And because what we want is this isn't force. Uh, again, we're not asking you to turn in these, these commitments. Uh, you, don't, you don't have to mail them to me. You don't have to email them and say, hey, pastor, I did it. Uh, you, this is between you and the Lord. This is about whether or not you're going to be this, this biblical kind of member. Um, we're going to know whether or not you've stepped up to the plate or not based on behavior. Like, it's going to be pretty evident. And so what we're going to ask instead is that you take a moment, pray with us, and then I want you to spend uh, 60 seconds, 90 seconds, you and the Lord reading over that commitment. 
I want, you to, I want you to pray to him about it. Lord, I'm struggling with this. Why is this so hard for me? What is there in me that is upset by this? And would you, would you bring it to light, Lord, so that we can deal with it? Because I want to be the person you want me to be, okay? So pray with me. Father, thank you for your love. Thank you for your word. It is good. It endures forever. Um, God, we ask this morning specifically that um, we would see you clearly. God, that we would see you clearly. That's what we want more than anything else. We want to see you clearly. We want to see you exalted in our midst because we know that when you're exalted, that you draw us to yourself. And God, that's what we need. We need to be closer to you. King Jesus, we need to be closer to you this morning. And this is hard. Talking about these things, sometimes it's hard. But this is what it looks like to be a member of the body of Christ. This is what, what, what Paul writes to the church in Philippi. He says, this is important Guys, this is of great importance that you are the example to the watching world of who Jesus is. So please model your life after Christ. Don't be about you. The world doesn't need more of Jason. It doesn't need more of Jacob. It doesn't need more of what we have to say. The world needs more of Jesus. And so God, purge us this morning of any of that deep down selfish stuff when it comes to your body, the bride of Christ. In Jesus' name we ask these things, amen. And so just kind of, we'd ask where you are, just read over that in a spirit of prayer. Just talk to Jesus about that in a spirit of prayer. But here's where it should end, okay? My hope. Don't just fold it up and go, yeah, that's another thing of sermon notes. The hope is that you would take it and at some point you would actually put pen to paper and go, yeah, God, I'm in. I'm in, God. I'm going to be this kind of person. You would sign that sucker, okay? A few minutes as Jacob plays, we'll let you respond. Father God, our hope and our prayer is that every week when we meet in this place, um, that we're transformed by the power of your word through the power of your spirit because of the perfect life of your son. And so King Jesus, we ask that we would be these people, that we would be your bride and that we would do this well, that you might receive the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen.